how are you able to punch back? I mean, our team's relentless. Uh, we had great performances uh, by Austin Grouse on the mound, and uh, our offense just keeps going. We pass it along one guy to the next guy. We had 19 hits yesterday. We had another 19 today. The Bulls offense is uh, it's bar to none. We compete, and uh, that's what we do. We get things rolling. We pass it to the next guy. Line drive by Bettencourt. That ball's hit well to left center field. It's got some carry. It's gone. Rafael Bettencourt. Lines that ball. Oh, Grouse catches it. That was good defense. One and two to Monkey. Oh, and he smashes that ball. The wind could help in this situation. Plumley is so fast, but he's not going to get there. He's going off the eighth. Oh, Marcus Cornell starts it in style. Lines it deep to right, and that is out of here. Five in the ninth, and that is a chopper that scoots through the middle. Two runs will score. It's nine to seven. Rosenblum having a day. Down two. Mayo lines that one, and that could get down. It does. They're going to go ahead and send home the next run, and it's 9-8. to eight. Rodell scores easily, oh, and this is unbelievable. Five straight hits for the Bulls. Tied now. Eric Snow lines it, hits the first base back. That's a lead for the Bulls right there. Mayo will come home easily, and it's 10-9. to nine. Eric Snow whacked it off the first base back. A huge RBI knock. Is going from first. Brutcher drives it through the right side of the infield. Here's another run for you. An RBI single. And it's 11 to 9. Two away. Curveball over to second base. Bobby Bozer fields it. Throws the first, and the Bulls win it. Welcome to the It's Brewing at McEwen podcast. We're back for another episode. Today we're joined by a USF baseball alum and current Pro Bowl, Andrew Perez. He pitched at USF from 2016 to 2018. Uh, while he was at USF, the program went to two NCAA tournaments. Uh, his primary role towards the last couple of years of his career was as a as a closer for those teams. And uh, he went on to get drafted uh, after his junior season by the Chicago White Sox. And he still plays in their organization and has been uh, gradually working his way up the the ranks for the Chicago White Sox and uh, we're glad to have him today and to get to know him a little better and talk about his time at USF and how the pros are going so with that I'll turn it over to Andrew uh, how you doing good man good thank you guys for having me this is this has been a long time coming absolutely yeah like I've been following you guys for a minute now and you guys you know both ways so this is this is awesome to be a part of this kind of shed some light on the program you know, some personal, get to know you guys as well. So this is this is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Appreciate having you on. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to, you know, get to know a few different things about your experience with USF and, and experience in the pros. Um, so just kind of for, uh, you know, the fans and, and anyone listening, um, you know, how did you how did you come to USF? Uh, how did you get recruited there? And and uh, then once you got there, you know, what was what was the experience like and, and how, what did it do for you as a, as a baseball player? You know, and so in 20, what was that, be 2014. So I committed 2014, my junior year of high school. Um, actually, at the time, my sister was slated to go there um, as a student. So she was a year ahead of me in 2015. She was already on campus. So I kind of, I'll never tell her this, but she was pretty much one of the reasons why I actually really wanted to go to USF. I mean, so going to visit her a bunch of times throughout when she was there as a freshman and being able to see that campus. I mean, USF is, their campus is unreal. So, you know, and, and the transition they had from, you know, building the athletics department, 
um, the campus itself, academics, like there was a lot to offer. And I think part of one of the things being able to be close to home, but also away and have my own space. That was also one of those factors too, you know, any emergencies or you feel homesick, like you're, you're close, but you're also far at the same time to get that own independence of being a college student. So um, committed to USF my junior year of high school, kind of that whole route was actually, I was transitioned to the coach Prado, coach Heinz and, and coach Carter. Um, so that was actually that step before, obviously some of those guys are now in different positions in minor league baseball, different affiliates. And obviously coach Prado still has ties in the athletic department. You know, I actually see him every time I come to USF event. So he's always, he's always good to see. Um, so, you know, they reached out to me that, you know, like the, the potential, the ability that I could have, obviously at that time I was a starter in high school. Um, and kind of being able to be in that position to commit my junior year fall was my goal. I mean, my baseball journey before that never even knew that I had the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, being part of that, that, that kind of that whole recruiting journey was interesting because I played with FT, you know, FTB, which was Florida travel ball, you know, and I had an awesome team, awesome coaches. Um, some of those coaching tides kind of are, are now in like that generation of guys that are now coaching at USF. Um, the coaching change, you know, with King from Prado to Kingston, you know, I still stuck with my commitment. I kind of knew that that's where I wanted to be. This is where it felt like home, um, stuck with it. And, you know, now we're, you know, we're in this, able to have this opportunity with you guys. So it's, it's been a long journey. It's also enjoy an enjoyable one, you know, a lot of great, hopefully more great memories and, you know, bad ones, but I think everything full circle, I think my, I have never second guessed my decision to go somewhere else till this day. Nice. And, and, and while you were at USF, um, you know, what specifically um, about being there do you feel like helped you to become a professional player? I think it was just a comfort of knowing that there were people around me that saw my ability. They trusted what I can do and they trusted the work that I was putting in individually. Um, that really kind of gave me my own independence as a player to be able to kind of grow and develop over time. You know, I, I mean, and he, till this day, I always tell him, Coach Roberts, who was a strength conditioning coach, and even my first year, uh, Coach Carnes, who now is at Navy, and obviously Coach Roberts is, you know, he's still there, and he's got a really good position now as just kind of focusing on the director of pretty much overseeing everything in terms of strength and conditioning. I would pick their brains. I mean, my biggest thing with when I was in high school it was just kind of just long toss, throw as much as I can throw, have a healthy arm, and and just kind of run poles, <laughs> you know, long right. distance. So. Strength and the actual strength side of everything, I was just clueless. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of got myself kicked in when I got, you know, my freshman summer. And I was I was sore for months. Probably still, I probably still have PTSD soreness from, you know, those those couple workouts to start my freshman summer. But I think really, like I knew I had to get bigger and stronger, which, but I knew I had the talent and the the ability to kind of, you know, continue to play past and and actually excel a lot more in college than I thought I would have. Nice. And I want to ask you about uh, your adjustment to the minor leagues in a second. But before we do that, just wanted to ask, you know, when you played at USF, uh, what would you say was uh, your best memory? Man, I mean, that the I mean, obviously my first college outing, that first start, um, I mean, I'll never forget, I was so nervous. <laughs> it was against FTCU. I only went three innings. I think I think three innings gave up three. Um it was some bad ones. My second start, that was like the worst outing, but like, that was one of those outings where, you know, there was nobody in the stands. So just like six of my family members that, that came to watch from Atlanta to Daytona beach. And 
I mean, I go point two innings, six walks, six earned, and I was so defeated. Um, and obviously, everyone be like, "Oh, why is that a good memory?" But like that that moment pretty much turned my baseball career around. It was one of those where it was just like, I'm either gonna, I either do two things: I can either mope and soak right here in this position, or I'm gonna excel myself and and get the most out of myself that I know the ability that I was presented with going to be a scholarship athlete, like that's still there, you know? And I think at that point I turned around with getting with the strength and conditioning coaches, getting with mole, you know, realizing that I still have ability being a left-handed pitcher, but also it's like, I'm not maximizing my work ethic that I know that I have, you know, instilled in me. Um, so that outing pretty much changed a lot of my baseball career. My I mean, from till this day, I still go back to that, you know, whenever things aren't going the way I want them to go, but even some positive ones, man, there was some, there were some real good ones. They after my first save against UCF, um, my freshman year coming in against Michigan State. I think Michigan State that 2016 year, they were ranked, I think, top 25. Um, my first outing back after kind of that pitching was in, against Jacksonville. That was on the road, I believe. And I kind of had like a nice little streak out of the bullpen, like like 12. Let me see if I can find like about 60. I have two earned runs in 16 innings as a reliever. So that was pretty cool. Then played pitched at Memphis, punched out five and two innings. Yeah, but there's a lot. And that was just freshman year, man. I think sophomore year was a blast, though, because that team was 42-19 and 19, an 18-game win streak. And it was either, you know, when we won from that first Saturday game at Iowa – then we went to FSU, had a comeback win, and I got the first save of the season. Um, I think FSU was fifth at the time. Um, that was big. I mean, there was a bunch against Houston was a pretty solid team. I mean, that conference that that conference that year was. I mean, 2017 and 2018 was no joke. I mean, the, the amount of draft picks I remember seeing the draft day those three days, and then the guys that signed as free agents after that was insane. <laughs> there yeah. might have been 30 plus people that had ended up signing and playing pro ball um, between that. 2017 and honestly 2018 year as well um east carolina my junior year was a big one i mean mole and all those guys still get me because i got a little too excited <laughs> there was tripping friday you know we kind of got kicked in a little bit friday and then we, we kind of kicked them back saturday and then i came in to finish the job on on sunday so that was still yeah there's a lot man there's I go into some more detail. Let's see. Cincinnati, I threw. I got a save in the morning, a win in the nighttime. I think vice versa. I think it was a win in the morning because we had a doubleheader. So the game was – I pitched at like 9 for like 11 a.m. and then we had a full rain delay and then I ended up pitching again at like 10 p.m. <laughs> so that was – yeah, that one was – that was memorable. That, that one actually stuck most to me because I think it was just like everything, like all my preparation finally like came full circle and like you actually got to push yourself like that day and I think – that really turned – that was when that was my junior, and I was like, okay, I'm, I think I could do this. You know, like as a reliever, like as a closer, like the team's looking for you to get either the last six outs, you know, the last three outs, and that was that was something that I was able to do and finish the job. Then obviously my last college outing, which was in regionals, the Stets, the Deland Regional, where I threw four innings, and we got the win, and that was – you know, that was – that was even the Florida Regional my sophomore year was still pretty cool uh, until I picked it off, and then, you know, Kind of the ball got a little bit all thrown all over the place, and you know it was a, it was something I still kind of have a little better taste in my mouth, <laughs> knowing that I wish I would have just done a better job. Um, you know, maybe that would have been the difference maker in us getting a ring that year, and then obviously Florida took it. So at least at least the team you you lost to was the one that, the team that took it all away. So yeah. and they had a good ball club too, but that was really good. That was there was a lot of really good memories, man. I mean, I could I could go through and 
a lot of those still stay on the top of my head every day, you know, get bored sometimes, throw up some YouTube, watch some, you know, <laughs> you know <conference laughs> highlights, different things like that, watch some more video. I mean, that's kind of a blessing now still being able to play. Like there's, you know, there's still memories and obviously hopefully the next goal is, you know, putting up, watching highlights and rewatching film of being the base. So that's why the next goal here. Yeah, for sure. And my last question for you before I kick it to Adam, um, I just wanted to to ask you a little bit about when you when you went from USF to the minor leagues, um, what would you say just for maybe for other young players that are, want to become a pro one day? What what was the biggest adjustment uh, going from college baseball to, to minor league baseball? I think college, there was really a sense of independence. Like that's like really, that was really my first time. I was like, oh, you know, like go out, do whatever you need to do on your own. But you're honestly still from six in the morning till 6 p.m. Your, your day is really scheduled. Where Pro Bowl, I felt like I had to really know and understand a routine. You know, when I wake up, this is what I need to be eating. When I'm at the field, this is how I should be working on the gym. You know, pregame, this is what works for me to be, you know, fueled for the entire game. And my recovery, like I think I definitely almost either journaled or made note of what worked best for me as an individual. Where I think like in college, there was a lot of like, you know, my buddy's doing this, oh, let me do it too, you know? And I think the sense of independence and like accountability as an individual was probably the biggest thing I learned in Pro Bowl, which I think even till this day has helped me you know, stay healthy and be able to throw the most amount of innings I could possibly throw as a reliever each season, especially over these last couple of years. You know, for me, going into college, the transition from college to pro ball wasn't as hard as my transition from high school to pro or high school to college. Mm-hmm. I mean, high school to college, I was, I mean, I was clueless. <laughs> you know, there, was, there wasn't much of, you know, other than like I knew how to stay healthy and I kind of knew how to take on a workload of throwing a lot. The, the strength and conditioning side absolutely just – I got destroyed my first month that freshman year summer. I think I lost like 15 pounds from the overall conditioning of things I've never done. And I think after, after kind of that, I realized, okay, well, I need to hold myself accountable. I need to be able to, to be a high level athlete at any level. You have to take your own career in your own hands. You know, like if you're feeling a certain type of way, like make note, understand, learn, you know, if you want to get bigger and stronger, like take note and understanding your routine and the process of all that. So honestly, even, as a whole, I would say the high school to college was probably a harder transition than pro, than college to pro. But I think understanding from pro to college is so much more of individual accountability that you have to have. Whereas college, you could kind of, you know, you, you know, from the morning till nighttime, your, your day is pretty much like this is what we're doing, you know, on field, team defense, individual defense, meetings, you know, team lifts, all that stuff. You kind of, it's up to you in the sense to do the bare minimum. But it's also, you know, the bare minimum is going to be there. You know, that's the schedule from the everyday basis. But I think I succeeded because I pushed myself really past that limit. And and I think the staff and a lot of the guys from strength and conditioning coaches, Robert, you know, Coach Roberts to to more like they appreciated that because they saw I was going to get that out of myself. You're saying that your day was like more structured from like, you know, your team when you were in college, whereas as a pro, you have to like make your own schedule more. Is that what you're saying? Or is yeah, I would say it's more of like, you have to, it's more games too. I mean, college, you go from playing maybe at most 65 games to playing 150, you yeah. know? And I think it's like with the traveling and then the, the, you know, the day night games, you know, you play a seven thirty game, get out at 10, all of a sudden now you have a morning game. Like it's a lot different with learning. Like I, I need, I need to be prepared to pitch every single day, which I, college I had that mentality as well, like my sophomore year and beyond. 
But I think it's a different when, you know, when your college season starts in March and it's ending in June and then your minor league season or big league season starts from spring training day one going at it as much at a higher percentage as you can till then realizing looking back it's end of September or hopefully you're playing in October, you know, there's just like, man, this is a long season. <laughs> so being able to kind of balance that, that whole, you know, what your body, your body might need on a day-to-day basis is a little bit more on your own individuality compared to maybe kind of college. So that was really the biggest difference. And the adjustment from high school to college was much harder to get adjusted to than college to pro. Gotcha. Cool. Thank you. So I'm going to kick it to uh, to Adam, and he's got some things he wanted to talk to you about. Hey, Andrew. I uh, appreciate you being with us tonight. Um, but uh, I just – you talked about those challenges, you know, you faced as a freshman coming in for, as a high school freshman or a high school senior coming in as a, as a college freshman. Uh, but then as a sophomore, you were able to – I mean, just going by the numbers, you lowered your ERA by four points. Uh, I mean – through that junior and senior year, you collected 12 wins and 18 saves. I mean, basically, you excelled kind of after the, that freshman year. What do you think really kind of helped you get over that wall and kind of, you know, again, just kind of find your spot and excel as a pitcher? And, and maybe what what would you kind of give a young pitcher maybe facing that situation right now? I think the biggest advice, even just to start that off, for like a younger pitcher is always believe in yourself. I mean, it always sounds – as cliche or as cheesy as any, you know, everybody puts it. But I think when you're out there on the mound, the game's not starting until you're ready to roll. I mean, obviously now there's different with the pitch clock at different levels, but that's a different subject. But I think for a lot of guys is understanding that I was very patient in the process. You know, I knew that was just kind of the work ethic that my parents instilled in me. And I think over time, you know, I was able to just chip away. You know, if I, I knew I had my first two starts and my, 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 my freshman year, they were horrible. But I also knew that I earned and worked to get that midweek job, and that's what I wanted. And I lost that. And I was like, well, this same situation that I didn't have maybe when I was a freshman in high school, not playing high school baseball. Now it's I'm going to continue to let that drive and motivate me, and the people around me motivate me, and continue to just get the most out of myself because I knew eventually that work will pay off, regardless if it was the you know the end of my sophomore my freshman year after those two starts or or ten years down the road playing. I know that the work ethic and, and staying positive and, and being patient with the whole process as a, as a whole was going to set me up for a really good position. So I think that freshman year really, and for any, and for any pitcher, I mean, I tell a lot of guys and I have the opportunity now to work with a lot of guys who played either, you know, that I've, I've worked with for five or six years now that are now committed to colleges or division one colleges or playing at high level schools that you, you guys have to just be very patient, but also, understand why you're doing everything you're doing on a daily basis like i i started to get into my routine more i started to understand weight gain i started understanding strength and conditioning and i was able to make that jump from that pretty much that second start i had once i transitioned to be a reliever and just excelled you know from from then on that's awesome that's awesome it's a great method i think for young pitchers to take uh you know especially that what you talked about with confidence just you know believing that you're supposed to be up there uh, on that note, you, you spent a lot of time with Coach Mo and Coach Cates when you were at USF. You know, how did how did Coach Mo kind of help you develop as a pitcher? Uh, when what do you think his return to that kind of pitching coach role could mean for the USF team? And then, do you have any stories with Coach Cates? We'd like to hear about those. Yeah, I mean, Mo was definitely he was he saw my ability, you know, and he he saw that I struggled, you know. He but he also appreciated how much I was working towards the goal that I really wanted. You know, I think a lot of the times in college and 
you know, it's not – you don't get as many games. So the priority is to win, and you're going to win with your best guys. But at the same time, you saw that. I can be – I can make something out of myself my time that I'm at USF, and that's why they kept my commitment. You know, that's why they sent me my NLI when I signed as a senior. You know, like they believed in whatever I might have done prior, but at the same time he knew that I had the work ethic and eventually something was going to flip, something was going to switch, and it's going to work towards my benefit, you know. Um, and he believed me. Like that was that – sometimes that's all you – and I always tell joking around some of these guys, like it takes one person believing you to keep you going, you know. And like he believed in me as a coach, and maybe he wasn't – maybe he didn't need to coach me, you know, on analytics or pitch grips or – holding runners, but it was just like the fact that he believed in me as a person and as a player that does so much that incredible wonders for me. And that's how I kind of just wrote that out. And I think, you know, he understood that I was going to give 200%, didn't matter who was in the box, didn't matter what team I was playing against, ranked, unranked. Like he knew he was going to get the best version of myself every time. But that was because he instilled just to believe in yourself, have that confidence, you know, when you're out there, like regardless when it was me being a starter or me being the closer, um, or me like helping other guys around me. It's like he he knew that I was going to give the you know my best self in anything that I was going to do. And I think as a coach, it's hard to come by. You know, the, the coaching and, and the way things are now with the portal and the NILs and sports has kind of maybe taken a different direction, like the actual culture and the individuality of like having your best team and getting the most out of your players. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't. I was not in the position where here's you know here's ten thousand dollars a semester and and come to my school, you know, like it's different, you know, obviously it's a lot different of decisions that guys have to make nowadays, but I think more going back to being, you know, obviously kind of the, kind of like the role when I was there his first year, you know, working with the pitchers, obviously he's the head guy. So working also with the uh, position players as well, you kind of get, it gives the pitchers kind of that, that opportunity to, you know, the guys who are working, the guys who are going to get the most out of themselves and push themselves and not do the bare minimum are going to get the opportunity to be successful. And, you know, you're going to, you don't want to fail. Like no player, nobody wants to fail in anything they do. But I think more kind of gave that comment. Hey, you're going to fail. It is what it is. Like you're just going to keep your work is eventually going to catch up and and give you more of that opportunity from the spot that you're in right now. And I think I took that with me my freshman year um, from that transition of being a starter into a reliever. And man, it just, it really changed my career. You know, just having an understand that someone, someone believes in you and they see that you're giving your best effort and you're, you know, the right foot every single day and, and you're staying positive through anything. And it really gave me that opportunity to excel. That's awesome. And just to kind of, before we talk about coach Gates, cause I want to talk about that. You, you know, you made those first two starts as a freshman in the midweek and then you, and then you made the transition to the bullpen for some young pitchers, especially a high school senior who, you know, not knowing too much about your high school career, I'm assuming you were probably one of the best pitchers on your high school team and probably yeah. starting probably the Friday night guy. And then you come in and you have those first two bad starts. You get moved to the pin. That could be a tough transition mentally. How did you handle that? How did Coach Mole guide you through that? Because, that, again, that could be something that a lot of young pitchers are going to have to face coming up. Yeah, I think for me it was it was kind of like an ego check. Like I had a solid high school career my junior, sophomore, junior, senior year of high school. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was understanding – there's kind of a process into this, but I didn't I mean, obviously as a freshman in high school, you think you made the midweek job and your next start was going to be against your third start was going to be against FSU. And you did so bad your first two starts that you don't ever even get a pitch against FSU. You know, you're just watching it from the dugout. Um, I think that kind of, kind of took a, not a toll, but just like, okay, this is like, that's an opportunity, you know, that you should be having like that, that should be in your hands. 
But at the same time, it's like I had the opportunity, didn't pitch well, lost it. So now it's like, what am I going to do on my own end? And I think Mo really structured it. He's like, look, you're, you've got the stuff, but now it's just like honing your command, work even harder because I know there's more in the tank in your work ethic. And that guidance, as simple as it is, sometimes like some guys might need, you know, a day-to-day basis of, I need this schedule. Like I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to check this off my list. Like his was very simple. It was like, you've got the ability, you've got the talent. You're here for a reason. Understand that. Now on a day-to-day basis, continue to just put yourself in that position in that mental state where you're going to get the most out of yourself, regardless of if you pitch well or pitch bad, if you're a starter or reliever, like you're going to be the best version of yourself every single day. And I think, you know, and especially a lot of these guys younger nowadays, there's so many things that can affect their their mental game or how they go about it on a daily basis. Like you, you spend too much time comparing yourself to the guy next to you. You're losing the, that sense of your own ability. And I think I kind of got to that point my freshman year after those two starts, because um, you know you want to be you want to be the Friday night guy. You want to be the closer, like in college. Like that's the most fun, you know, things you can be. And I think those roles eventually come full circle when you put the right effort, the right intensity. And, you know, I was blessed with him, Kate's, you know, on that staff, you know, coach Kingston also believed in me as well. And like, he kept me, kept, kept pitching me, you know, like I had, I think maybe I might've had like two weeks of just not pitching. And after that, it was like, okay, well I worked like, here's my preparation. Like, let me pitch little by little. And I think had that below jump. So that below jump had, I think I might've been start when I was starting, I was like maybe 89, 92, Started coming out of the pen. My first outing was like 90, 91. A couple outings after that was like 90, 92. And then kind of finished the year when we played at UCF was 92, 94. And I was like, okay, this is like, this is for me. Like coming out of the game, shutting something down, you know, big jam, coming and do my job, you know, get either the last six outs or the last three outs, you know, of a game. I think I kind of just excelled in that role. And we had Tommy Evo that year too as a closer. So like I was able to you know, he was a closer. So I was like, eventually I wanted that job. Like, I want to do that. He ended up getting picked up by the Diamondbacks. And it was one of those things where, like, I picked his brain because why not? Like, this is the guy that's older. He's been through the whole system. You know, he knows how things should be done on a daily basis. So, and I still actually had the chance to see him now with the Reds. I don't know if he's with the Reds currently still. But during the season and this past year, it's like we just joke about all those things. And, you know, you go back and you, you get the opportunity to still be able to play baseball. And it's a game as much as you try to treat it as a job. You know, I think, you know, those guys like Cates, man, Cates, Cates is awesome. That's a good guy. That's a good staff to have, especially for all these players, because, you know, Cates played at a high level. You know, he was, he was a pro. Like he understands there's a grind to this on a daily basis. You know, he keeps it light, you know, but he's also, he'll get on you, man. He'll, <laughs> I've seen Cates get on some guys, man. He's a, uh, cause he just wants, he just has a lot of expectations for people. And I think that's good. And I think there's hopefully that kind of shift back of having expectations, you know, getting to the field, high energy, you know, the, the point of the facilities and the nice facilities, the great clubhouse, the, the stadium, like those are also whatever you have going on outside of life. You can kind of just like let everything out and just be there, you know, and, the, and that staff really did a great job of maximizing. I think everybody that was there, to be honest, I mean, we came in with a top recruiting class and I would say we got the most of that recruiting class, you know, in terms of just talent, guys playing in the bigs, guys being prepared to play pro ball. Um, guys outside of just even if whatever jobs they're working, whatever career paths they chose, like that staff really structured and, and gave a lot of guys the opportunity to believe in themselves at a high level, regardless of what, it, if it's sport or not sport, 
Awesome. You want to kick it over to Matt? Yeah, I think we're. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. Uh, I think that was a great answer. We can edit this little part out. But... Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Andrew. All right, we'll kick it to uh, kick the Matt. Cool. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much, Andrew, for being on the podcast. Uh, Mark and I have been uh, following your career the past few years, and uh, I think we both agree that you probably should have been in the big leagues at, like at least two years ago. Honestly. Um, putting up some great stats in the minors and uh, we're uh, very happy to have you on this podcast today. Um, Thank you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. So really what I want to find out from you is, um, you know, more so on the team dynamics and, you know, what were some of the things that really stood out to you that made that 2017 and 2018 team so successful, obviously, you know, you guys made it to a couple of regionals. You guys had a lot of Pro Bowls make it not only to the minor leagues, but also the major leagues as well. Uh, you know, what were some of, this, of those things that made those guys so successful, the whole team successful? I think to that team, obviously, like I said earlier, like we came in with a large class, with a big recruiting class. A lot of guys that either played together, like my roommate and I, Chris Sheffield, we were, we were teammates in travel ball. Like there was a lot of guys who played together you know, from travel ball, play together in high school. Like, so there was really a culture kind of the culture sense of us kind of coming in as a bigger class. Um, I think the coaches did a great job at kind of keeping that class together, you know, over the three years. Um, there was just everybody showed up to the park. Everybody showed up together. You know, if it's grabbing lunch, if it's going to weights together, if it's everybody was just close, you know, there was, it was, it was, a, there was such a great team aspect, you know, with, you know, guys just kind of sticking together, regardless if it's whatever it was, you know, at baseball or outside of baseball. Um, so there were a lot of really good relationships. I think a lot of the, a lot of when you come in with a bigger team, you know, trying to fulfill the the best to your ability is, you know, who do you, who do you have here that's going to buy into the program? You know, and I think we did a great job as, you know, from individual players, from upperclassmen to freshmen to be able to just keep that culture. And I think the culture is the biggest thing for any successful team. I mean, I've played on teams who've I thought have had all the talent, don't win anything, you know, and there's teams who have the middle ground talent and everybody eventually over time becomes their best version of themselves and can be successful. I think that was really what that USF from that from that recruiting class till the guys still playing now. I think that was a very successful, you know, period of USF baseball. I mean, I think the recruiting class, you know, looking back, I think we were fifth, sixth, or seventh in the country, one of those three. Um, and I think being able to look back and say, you know, you have big league all-stars, you have, you know, big league guys, fringe big league guys, like there's, you know, guys successful outside of playing baseball. Like, I think that's that culture that we had on the day, like the daily grind, like all of us being together from summer session till, you know, as guys graduate, become seniors, like, or guys go and get drafted and play pro block. There was a incredible culture in that clubhouse, the locker room. Um, from traveling, you know, everybody was together. There was just like it was a family, you know, and that, and with that opportunity that we all had together. Yeah, and you know, going back to that, it, it's really interesting because you know a lot of that nowadays with the NLI or the uh, NIL, rather, you know, a lot of that stuff is you know starting to become seems like put on the background or the back burner, and uh, I think just having that mindset as a team going into it is, is a big part of success and obviously made you guys very successful. Um, so that's really good advice for, you know, anyone, they, they, 
you know, a lot of times the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And, you know, you see some guys go into the transfer portal and that's where their baseball career ends. But, um, yeah. you know, really stick to a common goal and, you know, you have guys that are capable of, of doing great things, then you might have something uh, better there than you really think. Um, but yeah, so going back on uh, a couple other things too, uh, obviously you have a lot of connections in, in the baseball community and you're still friends with some of your teammates, I imagine. Um, obviously besides the, the teammates that you guys had, um, you know, who are some of the other guys that you look up to in the baseball community and that you fostered relationships with throughout the years? Man, so none, you know, I got lucky when, you know, when the White Sox, <clears throat> they had the opportunity to, you know, when they drafted me, we had a really solid class. I mean, obviously the first guy was Ben and Sousa, who's now active with the Houston Astros. Um, and we were together from the first day we got off of our, you know, flight, trying to figure out how they, the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport worked with the shuttle system <laughs> till, you know, when he got picked up by Houston, like we maintained a relationship. And it was kind of, you know, I always tell him I was the one that kept them young. And then now we're almost the same age. <laughs> so it's kind of one of the funny things where, you know, being able to see him excel now with Houston and hopefully this is where the place that he sticks, you know, you know, being able to do that everyday grind from working, you know, lunch, working out, good game, good outings, bad outings, playing video games, like kind of maintaining like an actual relationship. Because a lot of the time you just feel like, oh, you know, you're together all the time, but like, do you actually have relationships with people? Um, you know, like I consider him one of my brothers and I don't even have brothers. And it's just like being able to be with him. You know, some of the older veteran guys, you know, that I was with, like Rafael Dolis, John Mourinho's, you know, some of the, you know, obviously Johnny Cueto, you know, that guy, mm -hmm. that guy's the workhorse, man. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, I was really lucky with a lot of great baseball guys that either were, that came through Charlotte, because really AAA is when you see like the, you know, the guys that have, you know, made money in playing baseball and like, that's what you want to do, right? You want to be able to make as much money as possible and win as many championships as possible. And, but even outside of that, it's like make the difference as a player to hopefully someone that that's younger than you to be like, you know, that's the way you go about your business. You know, and I see those guys were Dan Winkler was another one who played with the Chicago Cubs. When I played down in Dominican Republic, uh, obviously Emilio Bonifacio, Justin Graham, those guys who have won rings, they've played for a bunch of years. Like those guys are the guys you want to surround yourself with, even though at first it might be, you know, man, dang, like, this guy's, I remember watching this guy when I was, Hanley Ramirez was another one. I remember watching these guys when I was in middle school and all of a sudden we're in the same clubhouse, you know? And I think, you, you, that's kind of like why you play the game. And I think for those guys, they would say the same thing. Like, obviously you want to make as much money. Like, no, everybody's does something for, you got to pay the bills. Everybody has to pay their bills, you know? Um, but I think the, the, the environment you, in the, in the conversations you have with those guys and understand why they do it, you know, their journey, nobody has the same journey. Um, a lot of those guys and even still keep in touch with current bulls, like Coco, Shane, you know, Pilar, um, you know, a lot of those, even my roommate, you know, Chris Chaplin, who came in and he was my roommate for three years and he was a top dog, you know, him, mm -hmm. you know, and even if baseball, if he's not playing, we're like, we still have those conversations. Like, man, I remember when we were 17, 18, just in the dorms, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, that's, you, you don't lose those memories, man. I think just baseball could go any direction for anybody. Um, but those relationships, honestly, is like what makes, playing i guess you know playing at this level you know super enjoyable because you could reach you could look through your phone and be like man i had memories with this person like we had there had good good memories and bad memories but you you enjoyed every connection you you know you have over the couple of years no that's super cool and 
just like some of those names that you named off, like, you know, Hanley Ramirez. I remember, you know, I grew up a Marlins fan and I was a, a huge Hanley Ramirez fan. And even Emilio Bonifacio, he, he played yeah. on the Marlins for a little bit and ended up winning a ring with the Nationals, I believe. Um, but no, that's that's super cool. And, you know, just keeping in touch with some of your old teammates. And, you know, it's funny, too, like, over the years, there's been a couple other bulls that are now professionals with the White Sox organization, and yeah, Logan, Logan's one, Burnsy, and obviously Burnsy was my recruiting year. So it's nice yeah. seeing those guys. I haven't really, I haven't, I see Burns obviously during the season when spring training and things like that, and it was good seeing Logan because I never played with Logan, but like seeing him, you know, a lot of current bulls. Like I saw Brad Lord, Orion, um, obviously Joe with is now there coaching. Like seeing those guys that like care to be back. Like there's that culture, you know, that culture aspect of, you know, didn't matter if you play at USF for a year, you played three years, drafted, not drafted, free agent. Like there's guys who care to go back because like, that's the culture with the coaches. Like that's the structure. Like that's what keeps that program running. You know, like that's the success you want to have. And I think current bulls, like a couple of the guys I work with. So I work with uh, two guys that are actually coming to USF. So Lex Sanchez, who's actually, he's at HCC right now. He's a sophomore, I believe. He'll be at USF next year. And then Anthony Felice, who's a junior actually at my high school that I've worked with since he was a, uh, like an eighth grade, is also committed to USF. And I think it's cool to see these guys, like, everything they're going through, like, I'm still currently going through. It's just, like, I'm just a couple years older than them. You know, and so, like, I tell them, it's like, you want to be somewhere where you're, like you said earlier, like, the grass might not be not might not be green on the other side. It's just, like, you have an opportunity to be somewhere where, like, I know you're going to maximize your opportunity when you're there you know obviously what you, when you get on campus like what you do on a daily basis that's up to you and the effort you put the intensity you put but the opportunity to be somewhere where it feels like home and you have the right people who want to push you the right way nothing can take that away from you like you'll your growth will never be stunted when you have people that actually care you know and i think we could talk about it earlier you can lose sight with that stuff with the portal you know the, the nil the nil right yeah nil stuff i think yeah. could go any direction but i think a lot of guys now but bringing that coach, like if I'm a current player, you know, I got to work with some of the guys that are there now. Uh, a couple of the pitchers, Jackson, I think Jackson Koth, 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 yeah. Yeah. you know, him. So I would see Bozer working out, talk with him. I talked with, you know, Eric, you know, obviously Brush and all those guys over there now, the older guys. And it's just like, there's that culture, you know, like they like seeing current guys go there, like, like picking their brain. Because like, we were in that same position, you know, we've had success, we've had failures, we were all conferences some guys were all Americans and like them being able to see like we're normal people too. Like we're just playing at a higher level, you know, it's just like, it gives them a little bit of amazement. But even on my end, like I've been able to see these guys get after it. It's like, well, I'm going to push myself a little bit too. Like might not recover as well as they do, you know, being 17, 18 years old, but you know, it's, it's enjoyable, man. It's going, the program's going in the right direction. Definitely. And, and uh, you know, what, what are some of the things that obviously in the past, you know, year specifically, you've been more involved with the Fowler Avenue Collective. And, um, you know, obviously you've been around campus a lot, helping out some of the younger guys. What are some of the things that, you know, really drive you to come back to campus and help out some of the younger guys and, and motivate them? I think for me, too, is I've been lucky with a lot of guys that have been older than me and, like, gravitating towards that. And I think – somebody might need help and somebody that these guys on their journey of baseball, like you've already gone through, like you've already played in college and you performed at a high level. Like why go back and not help out the next generation of guys. So somebody in that position that you talk to maybe one time or 15 times, 
can give their best effort and be in that same exact position that I'm in. You know, like I might be a triple A player and might be a big league player, you know, but I think my experiences and, and the performances that I've had, but also the work ethic and the way I shape myself, you know, being able to instill that in somebody else, maybe it takes one conversation, maybe it takes 15, you know, and I think being able to help the next generation of baseball players and then they help the next generation. And now you have a culture and you have the right people that want to are willing to work continue to work on a daily basis like that's what this is all about you know i could go to the gym put my headphones on leave and not talk to anybody like what do i get out of that you know like that's not me as a person you know and i think you know from from grab and take let's go grab lunch or you know guys struggling to be like let's just like it's just being a person you know and i think you kind of lose that you might lose that aspect i mean i don't know maybe i can make 50 mil on the bigs and who knows you know like i don't know but i think you, you being able to help on the you better still hop on the Bruin podcast after you. Yeah, no, I will. I will. <laughs> I was hopefully, we're gonna do it in person with like one of those little circular cameras. Exactly. Uh, the, the lights. So I think I think it's just you know you you want to be able to you know eventually like your stats all that stuff you could always look up but I think your individual legacy is like that's how you build that. You know I've always been somebody who maybe not have had the direct path but being able to help those around me has always been something that I've tried to cater to like as part of who I am. That's awesome. No, I definitely uh, just talking to you today. I definitely could tell that you know you have a a passion for the game and, and a passion for helping others. So it's uh it's good to see that. Yeah. You got anything else, Matt? No, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Andrew, I think the last thing just to close it out. I uh, just want to hear about um, you know what are you up to right now, and when when are you reporting for spring training, and what is this year? Uh, coming up looking like for you yeah so pretty much now i've been this is actually the first time i haven't gone down to playing dominican republic with lise obviously i was oh, i was a pleasure being drafted by them in 2018 the same year i was drafted by the white Sox. um <clears throat> so having an opportunity to go down there every winter has been incredible so i kind of took this year's you know this was one kind of these last three or four years of just kind of consistently playing throughout the year i'm just like i kind of need that break to you know, recharge, get myself ready to go, work on some things, tweak some things out. Um, so hopefully should be heading out or hearing back here soon over the next couple of weeks, next couple of days, hopefully. Um, hopefully the early camp, big league camp, and, you know, just be able to be as, I mean, you can't get any closer to the big leagues than being in AAA. So, um, you know, make my mark, get the opportunity to pitch in the big leagues this year and, and see how this is what I'm able to do and capable to do. You know, obviously what I've wanted this opportunity to, present itself two or three years ago. I mean, it is what it is, you know, like things happen for a reason. And hopefully I'm now the most prepared to be able to be up there and stick. And, you know, so, I mean, besides outside of that, it's just been, you know, spending time with family, my girlfriend, everybody that's here, some of the friends, some of my clients that I have um, that are now playing that were here in their, their college off season. Um, so there was a handful of those guys that came back, you know, we got to work together, take them out to dinner. And then now just kind of preparing some of my high school guys that are here um for their high school season you know kind of just getting on them you know yeah how it was in high school you know trying to figure out what you want to even do um so besides that man just training just kind of getting myself geared up for the season and i'm just super excited for what this year's going to bring awesome yeah man we're uh looking forward to following you this season and uh hoping for a breakthrough year for you to to break break that glass ceiling right no no i'm excited for it and will you uh, be at the Red in uh, opening weekend? It's early or mid-February. game one's the what? That's the 
February sixteenth. It's like that tournament. They're playing three different teams. They always it's always it's always right before. I mean, it's either. I'm gonna say you guys you guys spring train in Arizona, right? Yeah, because we usually head out either the thirteenth or the fourteenth. So maybe oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> right there, yeah. You know, hopefully right. the sooner is always better. But we'll see. Yeah, that would be awesome. At least I'll probably definitely go back up there. Uh, I know again early February. Maybe try to head up there for a couple of days. Maybe next week. Um, it's always nice not there because I was up there actually like for almost like a week. Like I was going like a week in Orlando training and then a week at USF. Um, so now that these guys are back in school, it'll be kind of be able to talk to these guys a little bit more, uh, spend more time around them. So and get some good workouts and stuff in. So because I think they I think they're full go now. I think they had their first team meeting Sunday this past Sunday. So they should be pretty much on the field, individuals, and then full team practices now. So it'll be exciting. Pretty sure if there ever is a game that you can make, there's some guys that can maybe set a tailgate up and they can. I know. Yeah. Hopefully, here soon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, stay in touch. Um, Definitely. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, having you on, and we'll Absolutely. talk. To appreciate you, soon. you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Cool. All right. All right. Go Bulls. Take care, Andrew. Go Bulls. Likewise. See you.